Hi, I'm Allison, and welcome to the Searching for Vitality podcast. Candice and I are the co-hosts, and we are interviewing health and wellness practitioners in the greater Omaha and Lincoln area with the goal of learning different ways to better our wellness. We are searching for ways to better our mind, body, and spirit, and invite you to follow along in our journey. Our hope is that this podcast inspires you to connect with various experts in our local community to build a team to help you along your own journey. We hope you enjoy this episode. Today we are talking with Dana Camp. She is the owner of the Inside Job Holistic Wellness, and she is an intuitive numerologist, perception coach, certified actitunist, frequency facilitator, hopefully I said that correctly, uh, emotions and shadow integrator, specialized kinesiology practitioner, and uh, thera wellness practitioner. Uh, Thank you, Dana, for coming on. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, um, I started doing this work in Omaha about 10 years ago, but I've been doing it for probably 20 years. Um, And it started out with just numerology. I had no idea that numerology was even a spiritual tool. Um, When I found that out, it was like doors just kept opening as I progressed with with my work. Um, I realized that that's when the angel numbers came in and I realized that there was connection to the divine through the angels in the numerology. Uh, And that's when I kind of went from intuitive numerology and then I went into um, angelic tuning, which I do with tuning forks. And then from there, that took me into the acutuning, which is using tuning forks in place of like say um, acupuncture or acupressure, I would use tuning forks on the points on the body. And that's also connected to the kinesiology, which is where my next push was to go to kinesiology. And I learned um, touch for health. Um, And then I kind of, Uh, Because I'm not licensed to touch, um, that's not something that I'm allowed to do in the state of Nebraska. Um, I used that, I integrated that in my own unique way. So we use a lot of neurovascular points, which are the points on the head for kinesiology that help with emotional issues. So I focus so much of what I do on helping people process, identify and process through their emotions, which would be a lot of that shadow integration. Um, work that a lot of people are working and focusing on right now but I use I all of my tools have kind of just been guided I've been guided to each level of tool and then taken it to that next step and it just all flows together so I can't even say that I'm a thing like there's you when you come to me you get all of those things at once and then I just brought into my practice a new piece of technology which is very galactic in my opinion um, it's all frequency work from the intuitive numerology to the forks, to the kinesiology, to the thera wellness. It's all integrated of, it's all frequency work. Everything is energy. It's what frequency are you tuned to? Um, and this thera equipment is, um, it's very gentle. It's non-invasive. Um, and it just reads your body's frequency, whatever you're emitting. And then I can compare that to other frequencies to see if they're within your frequency. So there's a lot of really cool things we can do with that. That's just one aspect of what Thera can do. But um, I love that for the emotional stuff. Um, Because if you have, say, subconsciously, you have something running in the background, like maybe at some point, even ancestrally, maybe not even just you, maybe somewhere in your genetic line, someone ancestrally was forced to flee right? I have the frequency for force to flee. And I can find that if it's in your frequency, I can find that and I can harmonize it so that it isn't running the show behind your subconscious, right? And that's a lot of what goes on with the shadow work is most people are really just, you know, most people only associate with happy, mad and sad, like we don't go any deeper than that. But our world is so full of different frequencies and different emotional experiences. And when we can put a name to that, we can integrate it, right? That's a huge part of it is like, what is our shadow anyway? 
Our shadow is any part of ourself that we have rejected, that we have rejected out of fear of abandonment and rejection of others if we don't allow, if we show it to them, right? So we're always worried about that. So when I think of integration, I think of it more as not necessarily shadow integration, but wholeness integration, right? We're trying to get back to who we are at our core, all these layers of things that we aren't, all these parts of ourselves that we've sent out, you know, think of emotions as like the ocean, right? Our emotions are an ocean. And when we have to, for survival reasons, take a part of ourself that we're afraid will be rejected for and we rejected ourselves, it's like a beacon floating out in that ocean, right? And every time that emotion comes up again, if we continue to reject it, what if we welcomed it in and we integrated it and we gave it a place of, with acceptance inside of us, right? That's what we work on. That's what I work on with people. We integrate those emotions and we're not ashamed of any of the emotions, right? So I think of the gatekeepers of like, I call it a closet because it's kind of, you know, we shove everything in our closet. I think of it as like a shadow closet. So anything in there is guarded by um, shame, guilt, humiliation, and embarrassment. If those, any of those four come up, you guarantee there's something else in that closet that you have not integrated yet. So I know that you had mentioned a lot of times we recognize sadness, anger, like you, just those basic emotions, but, um, there's so much of it um, that we don't always know to recognize. So where do you start with people to identify what are some of these other, what are some of these other issues, these other shadows, and how, do, how does somebody identify them as shadows that need to be addressed to get to that whole self, that core of who a person is? Well, the first sign is that you feel that shame, guilt, humiliation, or embarrassment. So if you feel that when something comes up, your first instinct is to hide it. So it's about awareness. So really it's about awareness. So when I'm triggered, I, I go, oh, this is mine, right? So awareness and ownership are huge. Um, and that's, that's probably like the first step. Like you recognize that you have an issue. You don't know what it is. You need help uncovering it. You come in, okay, what is the trigger? What triggers you? Okay, what's what's behind why you're hiding that, right? And then we go into it. And I have lots of charts and um, emotional sheets and stuff that really help with that. But I also use the angel's guidance with that as well. And before someone comes in for a session, depending on the type of session, like if there's so many different things you can do with me, but like, like a traditional session with me, it wouldn't include the Thera but it would just be more of like a talk session and then like a exploratory session where we would sit and um, before you came in, I would have already asked guides what you needed, what, um, and I go in through the organs because our emotions get stored in different organs and there's kind of themes and patterns to where things go. So the first thing I would do is ask, um, could this person benefit from harmonizing their heart, their lungs, their spleen, their you know, um, liver, their gallbladder. And I just go down through all of it. And whatever came up, I would ask, okay, um, after I got a yes, I would ask, um, I also ask if it's off. So sometimes I get a no, but is it is it a no because it's overloaded to the point that it's not responding? So that can also be the case. Um, and then when that person comes in, then we start talking, they'll start talking about what's going on with them. And then that almost 99.9 .9 coincides with, the emotions that are trapped in those organs. And so we'll talk about that and then we'll look at the emotion wheels and we'll see, okay, so you're triggered. It feels like sad, but let's look at all of the other things that could be associated with sad. And how many of those do you do you feel connected to? And then we'll what we'll do is we'll do a heart, we'll do some frequency work with some tuning forks and even um, the Thera at this point, and we will activate that organ and we will um, integrate those emotions and we will literally call out the names of those different emotions and invite them in and give them a place inside of us. So can some of these emotions, once they're trapped, do you often see that they will over time manifest into like physical symptoms that somebody Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's exactly what happens. Um, 
what we don't. So it all starts with our beliefs. And a lot of those beliefs were handed down through society or our ancestors. And we don't even know that that belief is running in the background, but your beliefs create your thoughts, your thoughts create your emotions and your emotions manifest physically when they're not addressed. When we don't process our emotions, they manifest in our bodies. And that could be anything. We could turn it into anything. And when you're talking about, again, emotions or patterns or thought processes, how do you kind of help people change their thinking or kind of change their perception? Um, I guess sometimes the best way I always do is examples is personally in my life, and I've been very emotionally is I have a, someone I know that is currently in prison and waiting trial for, I'll just say allegedly for um, law purposes, um, molesting children. And I've been so angry because for years, nobody listened and angry that nobody listened to me or these kids and then have these tons of emotions that I've been trying to work through them. And it's very angry that nobody, like a lot of these parents believe the children, believe, believe him more than the children. So it, I will be so infuriated. And then like this past week, it's been hard where it's just like, well, I can't change what other people do, but I can change my pattern and my behavior. And that's very eye-opening, but it's also really hard to switch that thinking and it's almost like, I know what I need to do, but I don't want to do it, um, if that makes any sense. So how do you help others kind of transfer that thought pa pattern of like, again, like the old beliefs or kind of stuck in their own anger, own sadness, and then turn it into something that would be beneficial to themselves? So a lot of that's going to be acceptance. Um, simply because the things that have happened have already happened. Um, so we have to decide where our power is and what we can do in this moment and, and how we can take care of ourselves and how, if we want to act on that, where, you know, it's always about staying present. So when you're, when you're anxious, you're in the future, you're too far ahead. You're not no power. When you're depressed, you're in the past. You don't have any power there. It's all about becoming heart-centered and present and tapping into that compassion for self, patience for self. Like it, it starts with us and then it overflows to other people. So what I would say is, okay, you're very frustrated. What parts of yourself are you frustrated with? Um, for me personally, I just feel like a lot of times it was just nobody listened. Um, or I'm frustrated because I felt like I was doing the best that I could, or I was trying to help the best way or get that person in prison and it, it's not turning the way that I want. And so I just kind of like, I gotta, I gotta find some way to fix it, even though there's nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, our perception of the world is huge. So I call myself an, a perception coach. That's one of the titles that I use. Um, and it's really about your belief system and how powerful that is for you. So there's a book that I always have people read, and it's a child's book, actually. And it's called um, The Little Soul in the Sun. Have you guys heard of it? No, I haven't. No. Okay. So have you heard of Conversations with God? Yes, I have. So it's a child's parable of conversations with God. And it's just a quick little synopsis of what it is, is um, there's there's a little soul in the sun and they're talking to God and they say, I can, I can be anything I want. And God says, yes, you can. And the little soul says, what do I want to be? What do I want to be? What do I want to be? And he goes, oh, I want to be forgiveness. And God says, that's wonderful, but you can't do it here. Well, why? Well, there's nothing to forgive here. Meanwhile, all the other little souls gathered around because they heard of this conversation happening with God, right? And one little soul steps forward, raises his hand and says, I, I can do something for you to forgive. And the other soul says, why would you do that? He says, because I love you so much. But I need you to do one thing for me. I need you to remember who I really am because I'm going to have to lower my vibration a lot 
to give you what you're asking for. And I won't remember who I am. So I need you to remember who I really am. And when I think about the horrible things that happen in this world, I have to come back to that. Um, because I believe, my belief is that everything happens in divine timing. Um, I believe that we said, hey, I want to go to earth and I want to have these experiences. But when you said that, you weren't on earth. You didn't have all this programming, right? We didn't have this good or bad or right or wrong or, you know, there wasn't any of that programming yet. Your soul just came here to feel things. When I say experiences, I mean, feel things like emotions, like that's what we, what makes us human is our capacity to feel, right? So experiences are feeling and we came here to feel the full spectrum, not just the stuff that feels good, right? And I, that's kind of how I see everything playing in. So when I see this, I think about that person and I think about those children and I think about all these things and I think about my part in this and what I had planned to experience from this. And some of those experiences could have been helpless, powerless. Like I could have chosen, hey, I need to experience this. This is, this is the opportunity that I have to experience this. You could also experience something that, you know, courageous. Maybe you don't stop. Maybe this is your opportunity to feel the other ways that you can feel about coming forward with this, that just being courageous, just being outspoken, just being at pick anything you feel about this. You're here to feel hurt. You're here to feel hate. You're here to feel love. You're here to feel everything. Nothing is good or bad. It's equal. Every emotion is equally powerful. And so you kind of have to step back and see it through this other lens that if we made all these agreements with one another, to have these experiences, remembering who people are. And I don't mean that what they did isn't something that we shouldn't feel deeply about, because we will. Um, I have to say, you know, that subject that you brought up is um, very close to me. And I can't say that, you know, I just lean into whatever I'm feeling and I allow it and I give it a place inside of me. And I don't deny any of it. Yep. There's some anger in there. Yep. There's some disbelief in there. Yep. There's some fury in there. Yep. There's some powerlessness and some revenge and some spite and some disgust. Right. And I'm here to well, feel yeah. all of that. Right. Right. Like okay. I, I feel all of that and trying to work through it. And it's, it's a very difficult thing. And I mentioned that subject just because I think it's, a, it's something I've experienced, but I'm sure many people are going through maybe not just that, but like the turmoil of all of those feelings and how to work through them, I guess. Yeah. And it's really about not shaming yourself or guilting yourself or embarrassing or feeling humiliated or, or putting anything, just pushing anything down. It's not about that. It's about allowing yourself safe space to feel that. And you have to give it to yourself first, right? Other people, you know, I talk about being a lighthouse, right? What is a lighthouse? Lighthouses are very bright, intense lights that focus in dark places, right? Well, sometimes when you're a lighthouse, people don't like you shining lights into the dark corners of them. And they swat at you and they turn on you, even though you're just being a light, right? So that's all part of it too. They have their own work to do, you know, Everybody on this planet is here to feel everything. And we make some agreements here that people, for the most part, can't even fathom ever agreeing to something like that. And that's very, very human. Very, very human. But at the end of the day, when we leave here, depending on your belief system, I, I believe that there is only love and a call for it. So where I see pain, I see a call for more love. So um, people who perpetrate pain on others are in pain too. And when someone steals a child's power, they probably have theirs stolen as well. And it doesn't help. Have you guys ever seen the movie, The Shack? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that movie, but it's also, again, like a real hard 
Oh, that movie absolutely tears me down and rebuilds me every single time I watch it. And people are like, why do you watch that if it's so emotional? And I go, I'm here to feel everything. And I actually want to feel that. And watching that actually helps me process through stuff that I myself maybe still need help processing through. So um, I just see him and, you know, in the chamber, in the, in the cave, you know, he's in the cave and judgment is there and he, he wants to judge. And then he shows, they show him a picture of a child crying in bed and they go, would you punish him? Well, no, he's a child. Well, that's, that's the perpetrator crying in the bed. You know what I mean? Like it, you really, there's, this world is full of cognitive dissonance. That's all I can say. Like we are challenged to feel so much and you know a lot of it doesn't make sense because we can hold two opposite feelings at the same time can i have compassion for somebody who's perpetrated oh can i have that and feel for the person that they perpetrated against it's a lot it's a lot i'm really into the solution finding um i asked the five whys have you guys ever heard of the five whys I feel like I have. Just ask, like, if you have a problem, you ask why five times. And by the fifth time, you almost always have the root, right? Um, and it's not about blame. It's about solutions and getting to the root of the problem. So sometimes I, 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 really, I really find that a useful tool to just keep asking why. Like, oh, this is broken. And, and why is it broken? Well, maintenance is shorthanded. Okay, why is maintenance shorthanded? And you know, you just keep going down the whys. Well, you can do that with a lot of different things. And there's times in this life that we're not gonna get an answer. But <clears throat> having been a child who has been harmed personally, um, I kind of look at the person who did that and I see the history of that harm going back so many generations. I don't think there's a family on this planet who doesn't have perpetrators in it. I really don't. I think that there are people who have been robbed of power and they're always trying to take it from somebody else. And, you know, as a society, we can do better. But we all have to get on the same page. And I don't know that Earth wants to do that. <laughs> you know, not everybody is here to um, experience that. Not everybody's here to experience that. I think that there are people who come here to be examples for other people. Um, just like the little, just like the little soul in the sun, right? Like that person came here to be a perpetrator and um, give that other soul an opportunity to be forgiveness. So I don't think there's anybody who doesn't have purpose. Um, it's more of an inner work thing of how we wanna process that. Um, and I can't say that, that it won't come up in waves, right? Like I don't know anybody who doesn't still have stuff come up in waves. And I don't know that the stars make it so that we wouldn't, because I mean, we're in retrograde right now. Like, I feel like every time retrograde goes up, I go, oh, okay, what, right, what, uh, what are we, what wave are we riding now, right? Like, what memory is going to ride up my butt this time? <laughs> <laughs> so I just see everything as an opportunity to feel deeply. And um, I know that this is a very short blip in the big picture for us, and that, uh, there's nothing to really be too attached to the outcome here um, because it's always moving. Everything is always in motion. The people who suffer the most are the ones that refuse to move with everything, right? We try to hold on and that causes, the resistance holds us in so much suffering, so much suffering. Did that help? I don't know if that was what you were looking for. Well, it, for me personally, yes, or that's everything you said is something I've definitely been trying to work through. And even when you said acceptance, like not even, I kind of, I know it sounds maybe crazy to other people, but 
I was really toiling with it myself personally, because there's times, like you said, with this subject, it's like, well, I want it to go a certain way. I want things to happen. I want people to leave these kids. I, I um, am frustrated that people aren't listening to me. And then I kind of had this moment on this weekend where I kept on see, hearing acceptance. Like you, you have to just accept how it is. And um, I am in a, like a 12 step program. And part of this, I overheard someone reading part of a alcoholic anonymous, anonymous book, uh, acceptance. And I was like, holy shit, I feel like I needed to hear it. And then we're interviewing to you today. And then you're mentioning acceptance and stuff. And I'm like, I definitely feel like I need to hear it. But it's also sometimes it's so hard to like your, your head knows if that makes sense. I feel like your head knows, but sometimes your heart isn't ready to give that up. Or like, if you let, for me personally, it's like, I need to let go of that anger, frustration, and fear. And, but at the same time, that's all that I've known. And it's really hard to let that go and see what else is out there. And um, I just mentioned it because I'm sure people feel that way in numerous ways and numerous yeah. situations. Like you want to move forward, but you're so used to being stuck in those old patterns and old stories. And if there's a new story, then it's like, well, who are you? Like, how do you do that? And and yeah. everything you said, like shadow work, it doesn't sound fun. Like, and I've been doing it for myself. It's not a fun thing, but like all those emotions are a lot. They're beautiful, but they're so much. Yeah. Um, and just as a per like, I'm so used to hearing like, again, be happy. They're sad or mad. And you just always want to get to that happy. So if you feel yeah. all those sad and emotions, like, these are a lot because I stuffed them down for 30 years. So now what do I do? So I appreciate you mentioned because it's, it's not a easy process. And normalizing, you know, and here's where we have to be courageous, right? Like we have to be authentic. And that is really hard to do in a society that basically guilt, shame, embarrassment, and humiliation keep us from being authentic, right? So to be an authentic person in this day and age is the most courageous thing you could ever do. And sometimes you're going to walk alone, but you cannot forget that you are leaving a trail for them to follow when you do that. Um, I know that every time I say acceptance, people cringe. <laughs> and I, I wish there was another way to do this, but there isn't. And when I say acceptance, I mean acceptance of what is. Not that you can't make changes. Do you see what I mean? It's already happened. There isn't any way to change what's already happened. Do you see what I mean? So accept that, okay, this has happened. Where do we go from here? It's not about I'm accepting this as I'm okay with it. It's accepting, okay, this is what it is. Where do I go from here? Where's my power? What can I own? How can I create shifts? what are my beliefs around this? Are any of them keeping me from growing or moving forward? Do I have a belief that is holding me in this pattern that I want to stop having, right? What perception am I still holding that is creating this, this suffering in me? What can I let go of? What can I process um, that is creating this suffering? Because we, we only have power over us right? So it's my pattern. It's what I'm doing. Maybe I don't know um, what's created that pattern. Maybe it's an ancient pattern, right? Maybe it's super old and I don't even know it's running in the background. That's where the Thera comes in because the Thera can find things in your frequency that your subconscious, you don't even conscious of. You can find things in there that you're like, well, I never thought of it like that, but yeah, that's probably been there influencing me and I had no idea that was in there so like some of the like I have trays and trays of different frequencies I've got um, phobias emo negative emotions two trays of negative emotions I've got conflicts I've got um, phobias fears and beliefs conflicts I even have a metaphysical trait that kind of catches some of that stuff that ancestral stuff like miasms, um, those are like ancestral stuff that got passed down to you. Um, there's all these different ways that we can help each other um, 
feel better, harmonize, right? Because there is, is, is just about identifying disharmony and inverting it and creating harmony, returning you to harmony. It doesn't get rid of the, of the emotion. It brings it into balance so it's not running the show. So there's probably some emotions that you're struggling to bring into harmony and they're keeping you from being able to move forward is probably what I would say. Um, yeah, integration, we can do integration, but I think if we did, if we combined it, we did the integration while you're on the Thera, the first thing we do on the Thera is release deep blocks to healing. We remove the things that are just right there, right, right there. We're just going to get them out of there, right out of the way. And then we move into specifics. Then we move into the trays and we find the different things that you want to work on. And then we can integrate that and we can use the kinesiology as you're releasing. So like we talk about those, those important deep emotional things that you want to discuss and you want to harmonize. We talk about them while you're literally in the frequency of releasing. So there's, I mean, there's just so much we can do and technology has come so far and we've got all these great tools now. And, you know, I really was so surprised that there was a piece of technology that could deal with, that could assist with emotional stuff, right? Like that's the one area that seems the most hidden from us. And I think that's why my passion for it is so strong because I had a hard time with emotions. I struggled. I, the life path that I chose numerologically, um, was it, it's, it's the chameleon. Like I was always being what everyone else needed me to be. I never honored me until I turned about 40. And then I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> and then I was like, feelings, feelings, feelings. <laughs> and then people are like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not holding those anymore. So you're going to have to get used to that or go away. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, everything that I do is because I've been guided to it and I've done it for myself and I'm always working on myself. Always. I never, ever stop looking for ways to help myself because I know that when I get that information, I can, I can pass it on and I can help other people get that information. So for me as the communicator, which is what my life path is. I'm the natural counselor. Um, I feel what other people feel when I do a numerology session. I sit into your chart as if it's my own. And I know what kind of challenges come for that particular frequency. I see the I see the spectrum that you came here to experience through that frequency. Your numbers in your chart are literally just your path, your map to what you came here to experience. And we find people who have similar frequencies. And we find people who have really different frequencies and they all like how we're all connected is so magical how we're all connected and everything that we experience, I believe is in divine timing. So that's another belief that I hold. And again, if it's your, you have to examine your beliefs, are your beliefs bringing you closer to or farther away from what you want? You have to examine that if you're suffering and you're triggered all the time, what belief are you clinging to? What perception have you, and I, and this is how I say it, what have you subscribed to that you don't want to receive anymore? What can you unsubscribe from? Because that's really what it is. You've subscribed to something that brings you suffering. What, how can you shift your perception to allow more joy and more harmony in your life? And a lot of that comes from understanding that every single person on this planet has their own chart. Every single person on this planet said, hey, I want to go to earth and do this. And we don't know what they wanted to do. So when it comes to wanting to save people, you can only be an example of how to save yourself for them. We can't save others, but we can be an amazing example for others of how to do it. Or we can be a really terrible example of how not to do it. And that's still useful, right? I had a lot of people in my life when I was younger who showed me what not to do. And I'm just as grateful for them as I am for people who showed me what to do. But we all pick our path. And, you know, 
we have to start seeing people as souls on journeys and not as genders and not as their age and not as their archetype or role that you see them in. Like your mom is a soul on a journey. Your dad is a soul on a journey. Your, your, your grandma, your grandpa, your best friend, everyone's just a soul on a journey. We give them labels, which are really programming. Right. And then we are deeply led into disappointment when someone doesn't show up the way that they're supposed to. Right. So like, what's a mom, right? Like a lot of people didn't have the mom that we are programmed to believe we're supposed to have. What well, did she do your hair and pigtails? And did she teach you to put makeup on or shave your legs or talk to you about boys or throw you birthday parties or bring cupcakes on your birthday to school? Like not everybody had that mom. Not everybody had that mom. So it's like, they felt jilted. So, so they're triggered by, by moms, right? Feeling like they got gypped. That person who everyone doesn't come here. That's a female and says, Oh, she's going to be a mom. Clearly look at our world. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> and, and that goes for the dads too. Like we definitely know that's not true. Every male on this planet didn't come here to be a dad. Right or a good grandma, or a good grandpa, right? We we have all these rules, or pick, pick an archetype. Pick your preacher, pick your pastor, pick, pick your teacher. Like, what's a teacher supposed to be like? I had some scary teachers, guys. <laughs> they were not kind, and they were not helpful, and they did not help me learn. Like, there's a lot of different people, and they're not here to be the label. They're not. And so when we stop putting expectations on people with our labels and just accept people as they are and then navigate ourselves to how we want to be. Right. So I meet somebody who's who's a super sourpuss who doesn't have anything to offer me other than telling me more of what I don't want in my story. It's my choice to choose not to interact with sourpuss. Right. I get to pick. I get to decide who I spend my energy with. And it's the same for all of us. But that person, I don't have a problem with sourpuss. Sourpuss can be sour. I appreciate sour. I just don't want to spend time with sour, right? Like that person came here to feel that. That person came here to experience that. I'm not here to save sourpuss. I can love sourpuss exactly how sourpuss is, period. And that's how I feel about everyone. Like I love every single person on this planet unconditionally. Do I want to be best friends with all of them? No, <laughs> no, I don't prefer all of their company, but I can tell you that I love them and I know that they're struggling. And I know that as much as I've been through and as much as I've helped other people work through, we all have shit, all of us. We all have stuff in our closet. We're all struggling. We all feel unloved. We all want acceptance. We all are afraid. And so the more the more you can see that and accept people where they are, the gentler you can be with somebody. You know, I see people like at the grocery store one time I saw this um, guy, he was probably in his 70s or 80s and he was really stressed out. Like there was like a 15 or 16 year old checker at the thing checking him out. And he was absolutely like freaking out on her about how back in his day they didn't even have to lock the doors like everyone around him was like like all like you know sending more of the energy he was putting out back at him and I was like we have so much to learn he is so afraid and we're not seeing that he's afraid we're seeing that he's acting out and he's scary or he's you know hostile or whatever and we're bouncing that and get away from the energy back at him that lack of compassion but like that dude is so scared, right? Like, can somebody just send him a little bit of love? Like he's scared or a crying kid in a cart, right? Another checker was like, oh, the crying kids, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but you know, that, her mom, her mom's not, she's like, her mom's not doing anything about it. And I go, mom is probably really tired. It's 5.30, she worked all day. She just picked her kids up. Her kids are hungry. They're tired. They're having a meltdown. She can't cope. Like all those people need is more compassion. They just need more compassion instead of irritation. 
Like she's probably upset that everyone's looking at her because her kid's screaming. And you know what I mean? Like we're just compounding it rather than bringing compassion to it. It's so easy to just notice that someone's afraid and they're acting like that because they're afraid. So fear, fear is identified very easily with three things. The need to control outside of you, the need for approval from outside of you, and being judgmental, including against yourself. If any of your choices are coming from those three things, you are guaranteed to be in fear. And I bet you money, all three of them are happening at the same time when you are in fear. So we have to learn to become aware of when we are in fear and we can accept it and we can sit with it or we can say, you know what? I wanna choose differently. And how can I be more self-patient, self-aware, self-compassionate? How can I hold space for myself? How can I hug the part of myself that's afraid right now, right? And that's, a, I mean, that's a lot of what we do is we just really bring awareness to whatever part of your, and, and it's really just how old is that part of you? Like I often ask people that, hey, if you closed your eyes right now and you felt how old you think you are when you're triggered with that, right? We can actually find the age that something happened that created that glitch in your pattern to where you were stuck, right? How old were you? I was 12. What happened when you were 12? All these things happened to me when I was 12. I can see how you would feel that way. I can see why you would be, your, your mind and your body are always recording. They're constantly recording. And when you go through something scary or traumatic, your brain and your body record your environment. They record the smells, the sight, the color, the, the environment, right? And how you feel. So like, for example, when I was 12, I had a lot of stuff happen to me when I was 12. That is also the year that I developed horrific um, uh, hay fever. So suddenly I went from nothing to having these really debilitating allergies, right? Allergies on my skin, allergies with breathing. And that's all connected to that event because what was it? It was summertime and what was happening around me, all of the fields were blooming and being cut. Everyone was cutting their grass, right? So when my body was triggered in trauma, or something scary, it recorded that everything around me was a threat. So it recorded pollen. Isn't that crazy how something can be connected to an event and be so physically manifested and stay there for, let's, well, I'll be 50. So like <laughs> since I was 12, I, I just used the Thera and I cleared that. I haven't needed nasal spray or anything like gone. And it was you, amazing. Oh, was it, when you do Thera, do you ever feel anything when you're doing Thera? Like, like sometimes people, some people think they feel it. Um, it's just a frequency. So, I mean, it's, it's very low, slow and gentle. So it's not like, um, like if you were using another, like, um, some devices, like you feel like something is happening to you, but this is very gentle. It's very gentle. Um, people who are very sensitive to frequency can feel it. Some people um, can feel like when they're doing the releasing of the deep blockages, they can feel where in their body it's happening. And I've had people who fell asleep while it was for like while it was running, and I could literally watch them as they twitched in different parts of their body when it was running. So um, it's not necessarily. It's really gentle. Like you really, most people don't. I would say most people don't feel it. Um, when you do the emotional work, it can be very subtle, like things that would normally have set you off. You just aren't triggered by it. You're like, oh, okay. Um, so it's a subtle notice that you just aren't responding to life with the triggers. It's, um, I've had so many success stories that it, I, I just, I get really excited <laughs> when I find people that are like, oh my gosh, come here. I want to show you this you guys are going to freak out. This is going to be so great. <laughs> and I love um, how you talked about everything and um, about how like we're all on our own life path and um, we really need to get to a place of more um, compassion, love for everybody else. And you talk about how you use numerology to help figure that all out. Can you expand a little bit more on how 
numerology is used to help figure out a person's life path? Sure. So calculating it is fairly simple. You just break every number down into a single digit, unless it's an 11 or a 22. And you add each number individually together. So say you were born in October on the 21st, you'd go one plus zero plus two plus one. And then the year you would add the same way, individual numbers, and then you'd get a total. And then it's typically gonna be a double digit number. And then you would add those numbers together to get a single digit. And that tells me the life path. It's the same with, so there's different parts in the chart. So your birthday energy is literally gonna be just your birthday number um, and reduced if it needs to be. And then your attitude, how you live out your life path is gonna be your month and your day reduced. Um, your soul, how you feel on the inside is going to be calculated from the vowels in your name and the consonants will tell me the personality, which is how others see you. And then your destiny is your full birth certificate name reduced and totaled. Wow. So that's so cool how like your birthday and your name and everything is also intertwined. It's really fascinating um, when somebody comes and sits down and I've never met them and I don't know them. And I never look anybody's stuff up ever, ever, ever. And they sit down and they're like, have you been following me around for 36 years? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's, and that's part of why I'm so, um, I have so much, why my beliefs are the way they are, because there's no way I could know these things about people. There's no way that I could have known and so it's really powerful and it's very validating. And when people come see me for those sessions, it's incredibly validating because they are exactly who they came here to be. You literally cannot fail at being you. You cannot fail at being you. You are going to be you no matter what. And that comes with the whole spectrum, right? So again, self-acceptance, that's like one of the first things I do with people is we look at your numerology so that you can go, I am like that. And it's okay. You're exactly who you came here to be. You have nothing to be worried about. This is you. Well, people don't like that. And I go that people are triggered by it because when you're authentic, it triggers them. Right? People get triggered. And you know what? I used to be such a people pleaser and I never wanted to upset anyone. And I would go around and I would never want to trigger anyone. Um, no one grows. I was not living up to my full potential when I wasn't being authentic. When I'm authentic, I make room for people to be authentic too. And I accept them right where they are. And I accept when they can't accept me as well. Because that's not about me. That's 100% about them. If they're triggered, that's their shit, not my shit. Right? So a lot of that is, again, reducing that fear in your life, right? identifying what's fearful and going, no, thank you. I'm going to choose something different. Thank you. I'm going to be, instead of being hard on myself, I'm going to choose to be compassionate. And that seven-year-old in me is going to be a lot more calm. And maybe I won't have to relive that pattern. Do you have any advice for how somebody can start kind of reflecting on these things, like identifying the things that maybe trigger them or the that cause fear in them. Um, do you have any like actionable advice for things people can do? Because, you know, I feel like oftentimes we're just so busy and our lives are so busy. We have all these distractions, you know, social media, TV, Netflix, things that we can do to just distract ourselves and not sit down and identify these, you know, these shadows that we have, these things that are causing us triggers. What, what do you recommend people to create space to recognize the things that they may need to work on? Well, the trigger is the first thing. I mean, you need that to identify that there's something that needs work, right? When, when you're triggered, you go, oh, that's mine, right? So triggered creates, and then you become aware, and then you can become the observer, not the absorber, right? That's huge for you to be able to absorb some, to observe something without taking it on personal, right? That's huge. That's like mastering empathy really is what that is. Accepting that other people have chosen to, to experience things 
and it's okay. And all you have to do is love them through it. But when you're doing it for yourself, the trigger itself is, is it, that's the awareness. When you go, Oh, I'm triggered. That's mine. That's the first step. If that's where the first place you start is you go, I'm going to own that. That's mine. Right. So trigger awareness, acceptance, ownership. And then if you need help working through that stuff, there are people like me here to help you with that. Like we will help you. There's so many people in this community that um, want to help people. There's so many. There's a lot of people who are really heart centered in this town. Omaha is actually very lit up with people. You know, that's what we're starting to learn too. So um, that's, you know, one of the main goals of the podcast is to help people connect, help connect people with people like you that can help them. Um, so I guess that kind of leads into my next question. Like if somebody wants to connect with you, if somebody wants to work with you, how can they get in touch? Um, I am old school and I really like being um, connected with people one-on-one. -on -one. So I ask people to text me directly and then we have a short phone call. Um, and I look at calendars, like I don't book online yet. I don't do that yet. I still want to connect with people and see what they need from me um, and find a time that works for them and me. So, um, yep, it's all through me. So 402-960-0624. And we will also include that in our show notes. So it's easy for you. But yeah, I think everything that you said was so powerful, so inspirational. Um, you know, a lot of it when you were talking, I just got like chills. Um, so thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and your experience and sharing what you do with Candace and I and all of our listeners. Absolutely. I really appreciate the opportunity to get the message out too. So I appreciate you guys doing this. Thank you. Hey friends. If you like what you heard on this episode, please subscribe to our show on Spotify or Apple podcasts. So you can be notified of new episodes. Please leave us a rating and review to help others find our podcasts. And we love reading your feedback. You can also follow us on Instagram at Rooted Vitality and let us know if there are any topics you would like us to discuss or dive deeper into. If you are a health and wellness practitioner and would like to be a guest on our podcast, please message us. We love hearing from our listeners.